I'm Dave Cauley, investigative journalist and host of the podcast, Cold. Don't miss Cold's new Season 3, where I look into the unsolved disappearance of Cherie Warren, a woman last seen leaving her job at a Salt Lake City office in 1985. Police cast suspicion on Cherie's estranged husband and boyfriend, but never made any arrests or recovered Cherie's remains. Find Cold Season 3, The Search for Cherie, anywhere you get your podcasts. Is the Nightside Project. Look at the size of that boy's heat. I'm not kidding, it's like an orange on a toothpick. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. It's summer now. They told me this would be temporary. It cannot end soon enough. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. Welcome, welcome, welcome to the Nightside Project. I'm Ethan Millard here with Alex Geary. Thanks so much for picking up the show tonight. We appreciate it. Alex, uh, can I share an experience with you that I have? Absolutely. Full disclosure, Ethan's... uh, Still broadcasting out of the bathroom. On a toilet, apparently. (laughs) No, people people have noticed. And and tonight's going to be, for a couple of reasons, tonight's going to be even weirder than last night. Uh, we won't go into that. Well, but, well, we, but, um, but listen, but want, it'll, re- it'll return to normalcy, uh, what, tomorrow night? Tomorrow night, just in time. Okay, so tomorrow night, what does that mean? Just in time for what? Just in time <laughs> for, the, for the Michael Jordan of Salt Lake Radio to retire the second time. Oh, that's great. Now, um, so Alex, uh, but I wanted to share an experience that I had which is related to this broadcast quality. So um, <laughs> the reason why we're doing it this way is because I've had to do a bit of minor traveling. So for work, I'm in St. George. And I did last night, I gave a presentation to someone. Oh. And this was really interesting because this is the first time I've really kind of done this in the whole um, COVID scenario. Oh, right? so the first time you've been in front of a crowd, you mean? Yeah, but it wasn't yeah. really a crowd. But I, I just kind of wanted to explain how it went and, and how I think that, honestly, the way we're doing it, as long as we do it this way, it's probably going to be good enough. Because did you give a tw- I mean did you like, give a Did you give a 20-minute presentation one by one to people as no. they came in the room? You just kept repeating no, it, it to the next hour. group. It was an hour. It was on investing and things like that. And, and, the, and there weren't very many people. We had – maybe 10 or 12 people, but we had booked an enormous auditorium. So everyone could just spread out. You know what I mean? Everyone wore masks. We had the hand sanitizer. And then I had a mask on too. And so I had a microphone. I had a lapel mic, right? Uh So that I could still be heard even with the mask. And Alex, I got to tell you, it went great. It was phenomenal. Mm. And I was so pleased. Well, I'll tell you too, like in in most cases, what's weird now, uh, how things get reversed is that, uh, you going on you like if if you were to walk into an auditorium that was massive and there were 10 people there to hear somebody talking about investing you'd be like this guy stinks and this is a bust no one's here i'm leaving well and if instead wearing mass you'd think it was some kind of horror movie you well, well no i know but but in that case if you walked into an auditorium and it was super spread out and 10 people were there you'd be like this is amazing i love this i love that no one is around me and so you have this like we, it, it totally changes your attitude about it, it. We knew we wouldn't have a big crowd, so we just gave everyone maximum amount of space. And you know, we'd normally hold it in a much smaller venue. But um, but you know what it represented, Alex? Come on down to your Is local rep- Red Lobster. Ethan Millard wants to talk to you about your future. Like that? 
Well, what it did is it represented us. <laughs> it represented the possibility to do something important for the business. Yeah. And we did it in a safe way. Oh, there you and go. And you know me, I've tried to take this very, very seriously. And, and I was I was really satisfied with how it all went. And I thought, you know what? There, there's no reason why we can't continue to open things up as long as we're just smart like this. As long as we're just smart like this, I, th- I, I think we can do it. Well, we're I being really super do. smart. I was impressed. We're being super smart. And that is by not just you. We, we didn't feel comfortable enough with you doing the show from your house with a broadcast quality microphone. I wanted you to do it with a tin can around your face. Uh, for us to really, for us to (laughs) 350 miles away so that we can feel extremely, uh, do we have to quarantine you? Is St. George like one of these things where you go somewhere far enough and we quarantine you? Because technically, you know, I haven't been in contact with anybody. Okay. All right. So there you go. Who put your lapel mic on then? Huh? I did. Oh, okay. All right. I did the whole thing. (laughs) But are you staying at a hotel then? Yeah, and you feel you know okay what? about it? Is it is it like uh, I mean because I would yeah. look, I would I already look sideways at, at hotel bedding, and so I like I I would not I don't know how I'd feel about it. It's the new Marriott down here. Oh, okay, There's so no one one's ever on. stayed in it. It's a brand new one that no one's ever stayed in. Just you it, and 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 it's smaller. Keep telling it's right yourself here on that. Main Street. You know where? Yes, you know I where do. George's is. Yes, I do. Right I'm very familiar with. So, with uh, St. George and, so, and George. So, you know, you go in, they've got the glass up, and, you know, I didn't have to, we didn't have to shake. It's not like I I made out with the receptionist. <laughs> well, no. and, and what was that? You don't walk up and shake hands with the receptionist anyway. You're, just, you're a weirdo if you do that. So you don't uh, walk up with, hi, but Ethan Millard, businessman. Like, and everyone's wearing masks yes. in the hotels. Yes. So okay. Cool. Uh, Ethan, speaking of wearing masks, I want to start off talking about a little piece of uh, – of data that I found that I thought was interesting. And that is uh, this, there's a, there's a full on, uh, there's a map you can look at that is, that is, uh, that it's one of the more interesting ones. I feel like it would be hard. It was one of those where he took Twitter data and sort of geotagged Twitter, Twitter data and like hashtags to be able to just go off of that and do like a little bit of a, and I don't know how accurate these are when they do that, but you have they you have a United States map, and like the like a light light shade of pink versus a dark 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 shade of red would represent dark dark shade, the darkest shade of red you could think of uh, would would represent most anti mask activity, okay? Most anti mask twi- tweeting, okay? And then the okay. next and then the lightest shade of pink would be the least anti mask activity. And I was a little bit shocked by some of the data. This is why I don't know how accurate it is. But the most anti-mask sentiment felt across uh, the United States, according to Twitter, lies in Arizona, Nevada, Idaho, and Florida. Yeah. Now, we in, we in Utah, because, and listen, we're kind of a live free or die type of a state, you know, and, and are, so are I- we? I, I, <laughs> Are we? Well, I thought that we, I thought that we would have a little bit more of that, like "don't tread on me," "don't force me to wear the mask" we type used of. To. A, we did two weeks ago. We did. I think, but I think just a couple of weeks. ago. I was impressed by the shade of pink we had. We weren't. We were not nearly. We weren't the darkest shade of red. We aren't the lightest shade of of pink either. We aren't anti. Pink, yeah. We aren't anti-mask for sure, but we're not. We're we're not well, the least anti-mask either, and so we're kind of somewhere in the middle. And I think I that think, we. I think that we are turning a corner as a country. I hope we're turning a corner. 
when it comes to wearing the masks, just kind of generally, not because it's an assault on your personal freedoms, but just because we are really trying to get this thing under control and it has nothing to do with trying to you know, usurp your freedoms as much as it is just trying to figure out how uh, we can get back to some version of normal, which we're not going to see for a long time because we haven't been compliant in trying to make sure we don't pass it along. So uh, we are we're kind of in the middle there. But I thought it was interesting. Arizona's been a hotbed. I know that word is used a lot, but Arizona has been a real problem. And another thing that they have found out is that air conditioning in homes is actually something that will that can uh, further the problem as well. So they were talking about how, because uh, apparently keeping the house cool and keeping the air circulated, if there are respiratory droplets in the house that have, uh, that are, you know, that could infect, that that's kind of an an environment where it actually would do really well. And that is uh, forcing the air all around the house, keeping it cool inside, and you are inside and uh, kind of, uh, contained with that virus if somebody is sick in, in, a, in a given place. So they're, they're looking into that, but they think that air conditioning, air conditioned homes uh, could actually be a place where you could find yourself in a real bad spot if somebody is infected in there. Uh, I'll, I'll tell you what, I'll tell you what right now. I've gone, I've gone along with the wear masks, but if it becomes wear masks and <laughs> turn, turn off, off your air AC. <laughs> well, look, if no one's infected now, at your house, you keep the AC on as much as you want. That's the idea, though, is that, uh, yeah. I, I And here's the thing, too, and this is something I want to ask you about, Ethan, before we get out. Uh, are you one of those – do you, do you like, not let – because my kids want other kids in the neighborhood to play with them. You know, we're new in the neighborhood. And the little kids have kids coming around, and there's this kind of weird thing where, you know, they act like they can't cross the threshold. And we are kind of like, yeah, I don't really bring the friends over and get in the house necessarily. We've kind of gotten lax on that with the – but our neighbors aren't going anywhere either. You know what I mean? Like, I don't know. Yeah, I, I feel really I mean, bad kicking like have, a kid out it, from playing Legos with my kid, you know? It, yeah, I think it depends on your level of trust, right? Your level of trust. Do you, you know, have you communicated that at all? Have you, have you asked him kind of what some of the family's rules are? Because then the, there might be some trust there. Um, for us, um, we, uh, my kids have started going out riding bikes and things like that. So they know they can't go into any of their friends' houses. That's off limits. Um, and, of course, they know the social distancing rules, and I guess I just have to kind of trust them yeah. to follow that. Um, but otherwise, uh, riding bikes has been a great thing they've been able to do kind of oh, around absolutely. the neighborhood. No, for sure. My kids are kids. out My kids are out riding those bikes for sure. That's a big one. Yeah. It's just about whether or not you yeah. go in houses. I kind of say just generally no. Every once in a while, we kind of let it slide. But all right. Take the break here. We'll come back. we got more to go in the Nightside Project. Uh, Ethan broadcasting from a, a closet, apparently, somewhere in St. George. When we return, uh, this is what the people of Berkeley, the police, or the, the, the police department in Berkeley might end up doing to replace some of the costs when it comes to traffic enforcement for police. Stay with us. More to go. The Nightside Project continues on KSL News Radio. Nightside. Nightside. We're all friends here. Side Project on KSL News Radio. All right, welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. <laughs> I'm Ethan Miller. I got Alex here. Here, you what sound. You, you, well, you just you sound terrible. It's fine <laughs> because like here, like hold on, Ethan Miller here. Welcome to the Nightside Project. And I get it. This is what we're dealing with. And the the fact of the matter is, is that like all of the. TV interviews, radio shows, all the interviews we do now are like all via Skype and everything anyway. But I will, yeah. uh, you know, 
to concede to our engineers who are awesome and have been just on top of it from the beginning, when you're at home, you sound pretty dang good. And uh, so when we're doing these broadcast situations where you're set up and you're doing it from the hotel room, you know, over an app, then that's, uh, you know, I won't apologize to the listener because I never would apologize to anybody for anything like this because we still have you on the show and it's important. Hey, by way of announcement, I want to say, too, coming up in just a couple minutes, I'm going to have a conversation with Dr. Matt Woolley that Ethan will not be a part of because we can't have all those connections going on at once, Uh, Ethan with the tin can. And uh, Dr. Matt Woolley over the phone. It would just be an explosion. I don't need therapy anyway. It would, oh, Ethan's too good for therapy. So there you go. I figured it out. I got it. I figured it out, man. <laughs> I cracked the code. Uh, so I wanted to bring this story up because I thought about how amazing it is. And uh, in a little while, uh, we'll talk about the NBA. Kind of. So I'm, we're not a sports show at all. But this was an interesting thing because we live in an era of whether or not we should snitch on people, having a snitch hotline. The mask snitch hotline is kind of an interesting thing. But the NBA has a whole snitch thing if you've been violating the, the bubble. And that's something we want to talk about later in the show. But this one is the city of Berkeley, California, is, uh, as of today, going forward with this proposal to eliminate the police from conducting traffic stops, which I thought, oh, dang, you know, now we've got well, now, and it's, and now we've it's, got the Autobahn going on. I think police officers would be able to still do traffic stops, but what they're doing is they're turning over traffic enforcement to basically non-sworn private employees, something along the lines of parking enforcement. Well, and even then, even then, those are like city employees, right? But this would be more. These would be city employees. Right. Well, yeah, that's right. They're not going to be cops, though. They're not going to be police. They're going right. to they're be. Not, they're not going to be sworn. Right. They're not it's like be sworn officers. It's like code enforcement. It's like code enforcement. Unarmed civilian employees. Yes, unarmed civilian employees that will be traffic. That will be the traffic cops uh, right now. Now, here's my question. <laughs> because you know what this does is it would eliminate costs for police officers doing the traffic enforcement. But you know what it would not do. You would see whatever your whatever your eye roll is about police officers and quotas and things like that. You are going you're going to see quotas increase even more because if a cop who's doing some traffic control is doing that traffic control in an area, but gets a call of uh, an armed robbery suspect or this or that or the other, they have to drop that and go right to it. This will be a nonstop. Your your neighbor. By the way, the neighbor who signs up. To be the one who wants to do, quote, community engagement, uh, which is basically just pull. They would be a random guy would be pulling you over and going, uh, can I see your license and registration? And you, it would feel so it's it's Bill from down the road. And he is the worst person to pull you over because it's the same guy who's waving his arms at you to slow down, even though it's a 25 mile an hour zone in your neighborhood. And you're going 19 and he's going slow it down. And then he's going to give you a ticket. You know what he's not going to do? Give you a break because he's going to have a massive quota. The cities are going to be making tons of money on the backs of the citizens. This is not the way to uh, free up, you know, the police because you feel like you can enforce it this way. This All this is going to do, I like the idea of taking uh, police just from this traffic, you know, to, to, to uh, doing some traffic stops and trying to earn some money off the back of the citizens. But this does not help because you're going to have a, this, I'm telling you, you're going to have these, uh, you're going to have these deputized civilians who are going to take their job like they are law enforcement. It's going to bother me. Are, are they going to be able to pull you over? 
Well, yeah, there's going to be some kind of there's going to be some kind of uh, and this is the process that they're undertaking. So they haven't created this department yet, but they're going to be creating a new department. to handle Oh, you're going to get pulled traffic. over by a minivan who's going to put the, the light on top. He's going to reach out, put the light on top of the minivan and pull you over. And you're going to get a ticket every time. No one's going to give you, you a warning. What? You know where this is going to end up? Because you because I can understand their point from one perspective. Uh, and that is that we have we have co- we have police officers that are extremely able. They are tactically able uh, with weapons and self-defense and apprehension and all these other things, right? And and um, you should name all the things the police mission, have: pepper spray, all the stuff that police tasers. Yeah, ninety-nine percent of the time they don't need it, right? It's it's stuff they have for that. Point zero one percent of the time, and we're okay with them having those things because we know that it's part of the deal. So I get the calculation that well, you know, in these situations, maybe we don't need sworn officers. So I I get the question, and I and I I don't blame them for asking it. I don't blame them for pursuing this. I don't think it's necessarily the worst idea, but I'll tell you where I think this is going. So setting aside whether or not we think this is the right thing to do, I know exactly where it's going. Do you know where it's going? Where is it? I'll tell you where it's going to end a up. Bunch of, a bunch of Karens being the uh, being the police nope. officers. What? A bunch of cameras. Oh. Now, that's interesting. We have interesting. That technology. We right? do have the technology. We go we full CCTV on everybody. Yeah, the radar guns, the taking the picture we, of you going through the intersection, all that right. stuff. I mean, we have the technology that could be now at some expense, right? But it could be installed around cities so that... You never, ever got away with speeding or running yellow light. One of my favorite I mean, things ever was getting a light, getting a, getting back home, you know, three or four weeks after a trip to California and opening up, <laughs> opening up a letter from, you know, Ventura, Ventura County or something and a ticket in a, in a, in an envelope and my disgusting face looking like a weirdo on this black Sucking and white picture with your, with your sunglasses. <laughs> yes. It's like, uh, you blew through this. You, you did not stop fully at this red light. And I'm like, huh? like I got my face, going, huh? you know, and, and I owed $104 or whatever. And I was just like, yeah. I felt, I felt fleeced. And I was like, and I felt, I felt disgusted that they had the picture of my face. It was like, uh, we're going to add, Mr. Curie, we added a chin just for uh, for for more for more real for a more real look. We wanted you to take this seriously. <laughs> I was so disgusted by. It. There's no way. Listen, I, the camera would be at least mechanical. What would happen is you would have a bunch of like, hey man, uh, you think you're special, don't you? You love this job. Think of the think of how you've watched the parking show on TV before. What's the number one thing when people get a ticket from somebody from the parking uh, enforcement in Philadelphia? They're like, oh, you think you're pretty cool with that job, don't you? How do you sleep at night? I sleep just fine, sir. And it's just like, oh, cool. You're giving me a ticket. All, you know, I've got kids. You have kids? You have kids? And it just is, I cannot imagine how this is going to improve our community. Because then you're also well, going to have then you're that. also going to have somebody get shot. You're going to have somebody get shot for giving somebody else a ticket for going 13 over in the in the school zone, and they're going to be like, uh, "I pulled you. You know what I pulled you over for?" And it's like because you're a dirtbag and you're on a power trip. I don't know. Like that's gonna, well, that's what it's going to turn into because if it's a police if it's not a police officer pulling you over, if it's just a regular old uh, deputized city employee who's just giving people tickets, it's going to cause a real problem. I don't think so. And I'll tell you why. 
because I thought about that. I thought about, well, what about the shootings, right? Because there are people that, that will ambush police officers at these traffic stops. But think about it. Who are those people? Why are they shooting at the police? Because there are people with existing warrants wanted for other crimes they don't want to get captured, okay? That's why they're doing it. So if they're pulled over by a guy who couldn't arrest you even if he wanted right, to. Right, he can't even look up if you've got a warrant? Or can he? Or would they? Because that's another. If, even if they because then you're the also take, but then you are also taking away what is a big part of policing, and a lot of people don't think about it this way. Traffic stops are a lot of times, uh, you know, just how we catch people. How we yeah, catch people. That's, I mean, we use those. I've been on those ride-alongs where they're like, we get, we're gonna pop this guy for going seven over. He's got California plates on a rented van, and we're gonna see if we can find some weed inside there. That's, yeah. th- I mean, that is, that's I mean, true. it's not, yeah. it, it's a fourth violation. It's a Fourth Amendment violation uh, to some degree. It feels like, and. I don't know. All right, we got to take the break. Uh, I've got Dr. Matt. But but the law is pretty clear that if you find a real violation, then you can pull them over, right? Yeah, for sure. No, I I, I agree. Maybe we should just all drive better. I don't know. Let's take the break here. We'll come back. Dr. Matt Woolley around the corner. And then we'll have, uh, after Dr. Matt Woolley, we're going to have some headlines from Ethan. So stay with us. More to go. The Nightside Project continues. Your free therapy session is next on KSL News Radio. The Nightside Project. Everything that happens now is happening now. What happened then? We passed that. When? Just now. We're it now, now. Nightside on KSL. A limited edition summer season. It is a little weird to be back here doing this. Yeah, the weird part's me taking your temperature before each show. The Nightside Project with Ethan Millard and Alex Carey. Streaming live on Alexa and on KSL News Radio at 102.7 FM. All right, welcome to the Nighttime Project. I'm Ethan Millard. He's Alex Keery. I didn't so even tuning in tonight. Alex, you ready for some headlines? Yeah, I didn't even. Uh, I've I've had this I've had this window open, but I have all these tabs open with the different stories we're talking about, and I just opened mm-hmm. the tab of uh, of your face. So of my face, <laughs> I open Ethan's face tab, and uh, so now it's not because on the shows that we do normally, I don't I don't look at you. I don't, I don't, I don't, we don't yeah. open it up for us to look at each other. It's just a, an audio connection. But now I see your face and yeah, I'm proud of you. You're wearing a jacket. You're wearing a jacket. Good I'm for you. I'm wearing a jacket. As I told you, man, I get dressed for work. I've got a collared shirt on. I've got a dress shirt on. No pants. And which is weird because I'm at the office. So if anybody <laughs> comes by, I really got to commit to uh, staying right here at this desk. And they come in, they go, hey, uh, can I show you something? I go, no, get out of here. <laughs> and I have to wait for everybody uh, to leave at midnight so I can walk out the to the party line? line. Absolutely. Go ahead, Millard. Uh, Johnny McFadden runs the Star Inn in St. Just Corn- Cornwall. He runs the bar down there, and uh, or the pub, I should say. And... Uh, They've been concerned about what to do to protect the staff because, you know, people always crowd the bar coming up, ordering drinks, things like that. And he's got to keep the crowd back off the bar, back off his employees. He felt like a rope line, things like that wouldn't work. So what he's done is he's installed an electric fence. Sure enough, uh, I saw the photos at chest height. He's got rigged up a couple of feet in front of the bar, creating some good distance. He's got rigged a chest high piece of wire that will zap the crap out of you <laughs> if you get too close to so it. The, so how is it? It's set up between. Uh, so so you have the bar, right? Yes. Uh-huh. And then on the public side of the bar, out about a couple of feet, he's rigged this wire so that you can't get within two or three feet of the bar. 
You can only get up so close. He's doing that to protect his uh, his employees. Um, I think it's amazing. It's You're also... obviously not inspired by the story, and that's fine. But well, I thought no, it was I would, interesting. I, I'm, trying he... to, I'm trying to get on board with uh, violence to enforce uh, social distancing. Well, I think he's clearly taking on some liability here. But that's like saying, hey, look, I, don't, I, I smacked don't somebody. Any... It's like, hey, if you cross this line, you're going to get smacked in the face. I think it's I think cute something... because if you're a pub if you're a pub goer, he obviously did this knowing that his clientele would be fine with getting a little shock here and there or not even really getting shocked here and there but having him kind of pull this little stunt, which is what it is. Okay? So that's all that's it's just a it's just a publicity stunt for a guy to get people to show up. Did you say he lived in uh Cornwall? This is in England. Yeah. Cornwall. Yeah, so All right. It's fine. Next hey, headline. Alan. You know what I found here? Guess what I found what? online? Remember yesterday we were, we were talking about the Burger King. Uh, oh yeah, uh, feeding their cows lemongrass to reduce yeah. uh, methane. I've got the cat. I've got the Burger King uh, announcing to help address this uh, industry challenge. Uh, they made. A, they made. A, <laughs> what is this? Uh, it looks like a. It looks like a music video. So just listen in. It's a kid. He's about eleven years old. Looks like playing the guitar. When cows Oh boy. Well, I kind of get the gist here. This 11 year old. This 11 year old is uh, making his. He grabbed a mask, a gas mask to put on. Talk about climate change with uh, changing how much the. Uh, the Burger King cows are going to fart, so there you go. Well, yeah, I'll pause it right here. because I'll, uh, I'll give them some credit. I think this is the first time ever in a major advertising campaign I've heard the term burp and fart and splatter. Bird, burp, fart, and splatter. <laughs> I think, uh, the other thing was, this, so I want you to imagine, like, kind of a. I want you to imagine a. Uh, these kids are wearing. It's a. It's kids of the same kind of age range, probably between about eleven and sixteen, singing this. Uh, this song, the cows, they're on like a set. Imagine like a Teletubby set. Okay. Mm-hmm. Uh, the kids started singing, by the way, with. Imagine doors opening, but it's a cow's rear end and steam coming out. That's how he made his entrance. So yeah, high class, very classy. <laughs> so you know, uh, Burger King uh, revealing that they're going to be having uh, that they're feeding their cows lemongrass to be able to reduce uh, methane emissions. So there you go. There and was then, the actual. And then their marketing department is going to grow up. <laughs> I, well, I'm like, I know that like the thing nowadays is if you're a fast food restaurant, they're like, we want you to be borderline inappropriate all the time. On Twitter, we want you to cuss at people because that's how you talk to millennials, <laughs> and we want you to and we want you to make a. Could we make a music video about about passing gas? That'd be great. And then they go, "I'm on Jr. it." I'm Carl's Jr. Carl's Jr. is the one that lowered. Oh, they opened the door. Lowered the bar for fast food marketing. Mm. We all know it. We all know it was Carl's Jr. <sighs> yeah. No, Carl's Jr. just went full on into into. Uh, their foray was right into just uh, people not wearing clothes. Yeah, you b- man. Buy a hamburger. Charming. Buy a hamburger because these people aren't wearing clothes. Which you know, I don't see the connection, but I bought a hamburger, so well it worked on me every time. I know. 
<laughs> All right, what else do you have, dude? So this burger comes with Paris Hilton? <laughs> oh, yeah, she was the spokesperson. Yeah, uh, yeah. There All you right, go. Next up, Alex. The 2021 Rose Parade has been canceled. Oh, what? That's according to the Tournament of Roses officials. They announced that today, citing coronavirus concerns. Now, here's the interesting thing, though, Alex. They've canceled the 2021 Rose Parade. The 2021 Rose Bowl football game Not is canceled. still on. Yeah. Uh, they say they're going to if football is played in the fall. And I think that they know that, that, that this, it's going to be a stretch. It's going to be a real stretch. But here's what's interesting, and here's why I was reading the article – and it said, and it's not because they're thinking, well, we we're not going to be able to put this thing on in January. It's because this is how long it takes to put these uh, floats together is starting oh, in the next few yeah. months. These are full, look, yeah, these are full, these are full floats that are just so intricate and rose petals and flowers all over these things. Yeah. It is, uh, it, and that's really why. I mean, you remember when they canceled the the days of forty seven parade, which now. You know, imagine if we would have pushed forward on that thing. We're a week plus away from that, and it would yeah, uh, it'd be kind of weird right now to be having a uh, a twenty fourth of July parade, a uh, a Pioneer Day parade. But the reason that we you remember when they canceled is probably in March, right? March or April, and it was because yeah. of that. It was because they're like, look, people are working on stuff right now. We don't want to get everybody together right now to start working on things that are going to happen for um, that future date. There. By the way, uh, this is the fourth time. The Rose Bowl, or the Rose Parade, has been canceled. Do you know what the other thir- three times oh. were? Uh, anytime I've heard any of these cancellation stories, it was always World War II. So World War II. Mm-hmm. Yeah, uh, it was all World War II. 1942, 1943, and 1945. Yeah. In 1944, a quote token parade was held in which <laughs> three decorated cars traversed Colorado Boulevard. So they counted it. Apparently. Well. Uh, might as well just say. You might as well just for uh, the sake of uh, of argument say we were we were pretty we were knee deep in a pretty bad uh, World War Two World War so let's uh, I'm glad yeah. we pushed it back but that's how wild are things you, well, are when when you're a kid generation will be ha- will be glad to hear of your approval do you drive yeah, around yeah. you know I got in I got in the elevator today at work and there was a, a woman I'd never seen before and she was not wearing a mask she got in the elevator. And elevators are already tight quarters anyway. Um, and she got in there. And she didn't have a mask on. I'm the kind of guy that doesn't say anything, right? Because you, you didn't call the police. I did assault her and told her to get on the ground. I deputized myself. No, I go. I didn't say anything. She got on and immediately was like, "Oh my gosh, I don't have my mask on." It's at my desk, and we were already kind of going down the elevator. I said, "Don't worry about it. I'm getting off of this next thing. I'll pretend like this never happened," you know. And and she goes and she goes. Please, she's like, don't tell anybody about this. I go, I'll just tell everybody on the radio tonight. <laughs> I, I, I still don't know who she was. I've never seen her before, so that means we. Didn't, and she got on on a floor that that does not have anything to do with KSL. So I just assumed that she was a a tenant, in some other uh, part of the uh, building there. All right, so Millard, we got to take we got to take the break here. When yeah. we come back, uh, I've got more on the program, including but not limited to. Uh, I want to talk about. A mom looked online classes have have uh, you've gotten a new uh, industry that is uh, bubbling up now, and that is moms and dads who are cheating for their kids online. Stay with us. More to go. The Nightside Project continues on Kiss on News Radio. All right. 
Welcome back. This is the Nightside Project. Amitha Millard. He's Alex Keery. Thanks so much for joining us tonight on this special limited edition summer season of the program. And uh, Alex, yeah, what's uh, up? I got a. Uh, we got some details of the Canyon School District uh, this week. Yeah, uh, they're uh, offering they're going to be offering uh, families the option to do online schooling if they want. What are you going to uh, do? Is, I mean, like, I, not a to smart get thing to offer. Not uh, to get too personal. What are you guys going to do? Uh, what's that? Not to get too personal, but what are you guys going to do? I mean, did you have a question or something? I we haven't really decided yet. I okay, think. I don't think we've kind of come down on it. But, but I think oh, it's but smart to have, offer. But, but one of your thing. kids. However, you got to be careful though. Just because your kids are doing their work from home doesn't mean that you can necessarily get in there and get involved. A former Canadian Football League player was sentenced on Wednesday to three months in prison for hiring someone to take the SATs in place of his two sons. <laughs> not only that, not only that, but a uh, also this week a California mother got five weeks in jail for paying nine thousand dollars. Wow! To have online classes taken on her son's behalf. Uh, that's okay. You know, like here's the thing. Were there parents out there who, during this online schooling process, I was getting a lot of I was getting I was getting a lot of like the hey he needs they need this assignment they need this assignment, and to crack the whip on a third or fourth grader I'm not gonna lie I did a, I did when when he's sitting there and I'm going come on buddy it's nine the answer's nine you know and like moving on I definitely did yeah but did you ever. But did you ever pay some local teen to come in and say, "Hey, man, I'll give you ten bucks an hour to do all my son's"? Look, I'm not uh, above it. Second grade, second grade homework assignment. I'm not above it. If it can boost the local economy for that kid's family, I'm all for it. <laughs> <laughs> I don't like. Okay, but what else did they offer? Because I know that Alpine School District yesterday also had a meeting where they uh, kind of rolled out, but nothing concrete. They didn't have anything concrete. Well, now my re- my recollection is though that one of your kids is going to have no choice and is going to have to do, because uh, don't you have somebody going to a Salt Lake School District school? Me? Yeah, I thought you had. No, uh, I thought uh, you had. We're uh, oh, um, Canyons. Oh, I thought you had a kid at West for a minute for uh, try no, to follow I went in your. To West. I know, but I thought you were. I thought you were doing the IB thing with him. Oh no no no. You're like no. I would not put him through that torture. <laughs> Plus, who wants to drive? Who wants to drive uh, downtown? If hey, look, you, you got to know, you got to know where your strong suit is. <laughs> start, and, um, excuse me, uh, I'm coming down from Cottonwood Heights. Could you have the IB program ready for us when we come down? Can we come down? It'd be great. Uh, excuse me, if you could have the SAT answer <laughs> sheet prepared for me, thank you. I noticed that I got a 94 on that paper. I require a little bit higher if you want to see the Benjamins, as it were. Well, you know, uh, we now have famously learned that that's what President Trump did. He paid someone to take his SAT. Oh, really? Yeah. Oh, I did. You said we famously learned that. I didn't. Uh, that sounds like the kind of like in the last month. Oh, really? Though, or is it one of those things where it was like a conspiracy about it? Like we just assume he had somebody pay for his SATs. Uh, I think, I think that for the most part, we learn something about the president. We doubt it. Then we discover it's actually true. Oh, okay. I don't, well, I, I don't know that anything has been proven false yet. <laughs> I just I paid the SATs to get a bad, a, a pretty mediocre score. So uh, you didn't want to go to the school your parents wanted you to go to, huh? So you well, it took yourself. a minute. Now the funny thing is, my parents were very cool about whatever I wanted to do my entire life. I think they, because I'm the youngest, they kind of figured that out. It's like we're not going to force our kids to do anything else. We did that with the other kids. With the young, with this younger kid, he's kind of a more I don't know what do we call this a, kind of a more creative type. 
uh, <laughs> which is which is you got a pan- lot of heart. Yeah, which is parents. Which is parents speak for whatever the opposite of STEM uh, schooling is. Like that's what I had. It was like, oh, he's just very into the arts, you know. <laughs> so, uh, all right. So I I don't think it's wild to me to imagine uh, parents paying other people to do their kids' online stuff. Let me just tell you though, what we can all what we can all. Uh, you know, relate to is the frustration of online schooling is the frustration of, and, and here's the part where, and, and uh, bless our teachers hearts who are all out there, but here comes a little bit of the criticism. When you send a, an email and I'm emailing back and saying, Hey, uh, this has been difficult here. Cause I have these three or four kids that are, we're all doing the online schooling for it, And my wife and I are still working. And I got a response back from a teacher that was like, Oh, uh, now you kind of know what we're dealing with in our life. And I and I was like, uh, nope, it's a lot different. It is a lot different because that's her full-time gig. That's her full-time job, right? So and when you're, I, And you are doing it for her. Well, and I'm not saying, hey, I'm doing your job for you. What I'm saying is, is that we were in a weird spot that she had no control of. I get it. But for her to go, oh, well, now you can have a little bit more respect for the teaching profession, can't you? I, I want to go because during all this, nothing changed. In fact, my schedule got more wild and your schedule got more wild. So adding more things to your plate and then saying, well, it's pretty hard to teach your kids. I understand the frustration of taking it off your own plate and not having to worry about it. That's almost, to me, the mom paying for it. I mean, it's weird because she's paying for it, and it was for college classes, right? Isn't that what the $9,000 was for, was for college classes? Uh, No, it was, um, no, I don't think so. I think it was there, well, I don't know, maybe it was college classes. Well, either way, what I'm saying is, is that I think parents can understand the motivation is not just like, I hope Jimmy gets into that medical school. It's more like, uh, I'm also just wanting to uh, free myself of worrying about this, you know, and that's uh, that's yeah. part of it, too. And that's why I'm like I- I'm trying to really, really, really. I mean, our our school, Davis County School District is going to tr- is going to try to go back to school and wear the mask the whole time. And I'm I'm OK with it because. Uh, I kind of I kind of am OK with it because I I want the kids to have a normal school experience. But I also I think the teachers do a way better job than I do. That's the, that's the honest truth. The teachers will do yeah. a way better job than I do because I cannot engage as much as a full time teacher can. Yeah. But also don't try to don't try to shame me because you, I'm doing some online learning stuff and I'm trying to figure stuff out. Well, just stop cheating. <laughs> I'm going to pay nine thousand dollars for my kids' fourth grade uh, math homework to be done this year for sure. Hey, man! If you want to get them, if you want them to get into Harvard. Uh, you got to get those A's. You know, early. you know all those things you have like in your mind of what you're cuz like we our our first child is really bright, right? And uh-huh. from the beginning we've always been like, "Oh, he's so smart, he's so smart." I'm like Dartmouth, man, Dartmouth. It was like Harvard then it went to Dartmouth. Then it's like, "Oh." And now we've I mean, it was a pretty quick go to where I just went, "Just go to slick." Just, you know, just avoid not because you're not smart, but because let's just avoid all the rigmarole of trying to of trying to play that you gotta game. You got to go to him. You got. So how old is he now? He's 12, almost 12. Yeah. So what you got to do is you got to say, hey, look, if we pick slick, you can start right now. <laughs> That's the thing is you can. You can. You can, can. He can graduate with like all the stuff. By the time he's I mean, I can't tell you how many kids are like, yeah, I got my associate's degree and I'm in 11th grade. And you're going, dude. 
That's way further along than than uh, than anybody. Look, run, what was it called? The head start or running start or uh, whatever it was that that we had when we were in school. Uh, that had nothing on what the kids can do nowadays. They graduate from high school and they're like, "Yeah, I needed this graduate certificate so that all my credits would actually count from college, all the college classes I've been taking." So it's like <laughs> this is wild. This is way more ambitious than uh, than we ever were. So. Uh, Millard, let's take a break. We'll come back. Okay. Got a couple more segments left on the show. Uh, we got what people learned. We got a Zen headline from you. Let me see here. Uh, yeah, we got all, we got some things we can. Uh, we'll sweep some things up. Oh, I do want to talk about this Ralph Nader situation. It's kind of a sports topic ish, but it's more about just like how I think we might be fooling ourselves a little bit uh, because the money part is so important to try to get college sports going. Are we doing the same thing with high school sports, too? Stay with us. More to go. The Night Side Project continues on KSL News Radio. Nightside, you've had a long day. So, so have we. we. The Nightside Project on KSL News Radio. All right, welcome back. This is our final segment of the show tonight. Thanks so much for tuning in. We appreciate you. Thank you. I got a Zen headline coming up. But, Alex, I wanted to mention one thing that got, it got left behind in the show today. Oh, what was and, it? Uh, let, let, me, let me pull it up mm, here. Let me mm-hmm. pull it up here. Okay. Um, if you've ever wondered when the best time is to buy Christmas ornaments, it's actually not at Christmas. It's not immediately following Christmas. It is in July. Apparently, in July is the best time to actually pick up. Oh, yeah. So of these Christmas ornaments uh, that's, um, you know, I guess that makes some sense. The problem is this, though, Alex. <laughs> Where are you going to find them? Uh, yeah, I mean, I guess the question is, is what store do you feel comfortable going into to go pick yeah. up a bunch of it? Because, listen, buying, having enough of a sense of I want to stock up on my Christmas De- decor in July is a non-COVID activity. You know what I mean? Not because yeah. I'm saying that's irresponsible. What I'm saying is, is that our brains don't go to. I should pick up some uh, Christmas. Uh, I, sh- I should pick up some Christmas decorations here in July, because we aren't moving around as freely as we used to. Number one, and number two, it's it seems frivolous. Now it's you having enough time to think about. I got to go pick up those. Uh, those those Christmas decorations in July that seems frivolous to me, you know. And that's not in a. I don't think it's it's you being. If you, if you have the time, great. If you have a place where you can go and be socially distant from somebody and buy a bunch of uh, Christmas decor in July, great. But what I'm saying is is that you don't have a lot of people going out and doing that because uh, it's weird. If you if you went to some, here's a quiz for you on whether or not you should mention activities that you do to your friends. And especially, like, maybe you have some friends who got laid off. And you were to mention, oh, you know what I did? I went and picked up tons of Christmas decor at, like, 50% off at TJ Maxx. You know why? Because July's the best time to buy it. You know what I'm saying, Ricky? And Ricky's like, mm-hmm. I lost my job last month. Thanks for bringing up your weird spending on things that, you know, you don't need right now. Because it does feel a little bit weird to, to buy a bunch of stuff you don't need. Uh, it was, it's, uh, we have a couple birthdays in my family this week for our kids. And uh, there's this weird party that's like, eh, we should probably just dial it back, you know, just call it COVID birthday and say, hey, you're just going to get a couple things and we'll share a cake because, you know, 
And I felt bad because my daughter was like, well, you're having this for his birthday, but for my birthday, I'm not really doing anything. You know, I'm going, come on, just uh, get on board. Let's all just, we don't need to have a, a party every two seconds because, you know, not everybody's partying these days, but I don't know. Yeah. Maybe I'm maybe I'm just a bad dad. Hardly anyone's, hardly anyone's partying these days. Hardly yeah. anyone is. Yeah. I got a Zen headline. Oh, let me play some uh, music here. Get that Ooh, on. There we go. All right, so, so what do you Zen got? headlines are designed to help us finish our day and finish our commute happy. Uh, they are just on the general positivity spectrum. They can be fun, funny, inspirational, amazing, uh, insightful, emotional, whatever you want to be. Use the hashtag Zen headlines. Share it with me on social media. This one actually comes from Unky Ben. Oh. So, uh, hey, is Unky Ben, is Unky ben uh, did we work out Unky Ben uh, no. dropping off some treats at the station? No. We need to. Well, yeah, and I, I need to be frank with him because a lot of times he'll when when Unky Ben has showed up with Japanese treats, um, we've had him in and we've just chatted and had a good time and hung out. It's a different time now. Well, it's a different time. They're just they're not letting Ethan can't even come in the building, so I don't know. <laughs> Unky Ben rolling up with snacks, and here's what's going to happen: you'll deliver the snacks, and I'm just going to be completely honest. I will never deliver them to Ethan. I'm going to eat them all. Okay. Including those uh, pickled plums, okay? So, and I wouldn't go for that at all. <laughs> well, those, we can those, figure it out. Those pickled plums taste a little bit like they soaked in somebody's barf, right? <laughs> I was not prepared for them. <laughs> I was not prepared for the pickled plums. Oh, they were terrible. I've never had those. They're individually wrapped. They look like little candies. It's like it's like a tiny green plum got stuck in a candy wrapping machine. Right, and it's and uh, and it's got you it's, pop it open. Yep, it's it's uh, pickled. Yeah, it's pickled plum, but but they're unripe plums, right? Aren't they little pickled? No, green they plums? were like pur- no, they're like purple. They weren't green. They were purple, from what I remember. Red, reddish. It's almost like a little cherry, but yeah, they're gross. So. <laughs> Love Yonky Ben. So, he knows they're weird. Chica knows they're weird. <laughs> well, that's why they bring them by. Is because I know. They know, that our, they know our reaction is going to be hilarious. I know. Um, so. Uh, oh, anyway, Zen Headline. Sorry, go ahead. Oh, yeah, Zen Headline. So, so Yonky Ben shared this with me a couple weeks ago. I'm just getting to it now. And this is a little bit out there, but I thought, you know what? Hey, he submitted it, so I'm going to use it, all right? What is it? So do you remember this was uh, several years ago when there was a, a famous uh, icon? You know, a lot of these... Uh, icons and religious paintings in different churches they get old over time right the candle smoke yeah and you got to uh, like and, and and what's funny is when they re when they restore them like they clean them these frescoes look like they were just painted yeah just from unless, cleaning them but you have to do a good job yeah, yeah sometimes yeah, they yeah. damage they have to be restored sure and you remember that one uh it was a oh, it was a, in spain uh, the lady basically an icon just, and and it, the guy looked painted it looked like a monkey when he, he was done. yes they, they put that re- the lady was like i'll do it i'll restore it myself and the church was like thank you so much that's amazing she did it and it looked like uh they made uh, at that point you just paint over it with white paint yes right it's i mean bad. It's because it's been humiliatingly and, and irreparably destroyed well, it's happened again. And now, oh, it did. Now, oh, no. Now conservation experts in Spain have called for a changing of the law and a tightening of the law covering restoration of art. Um, so there's a famous painting by the Baroque artist Bartolomé Esteban Murillo. Of course. And it is uh, a very famous painting of the Virgin Mary. Uh, they hired the church, um, uh, hired a, a furniture restorer. To clean this picture, it's called Immaculate Conception. 
However, the job did not go as planned and it was damaged. And so the furniture restorer tried to restore it. And basically two I mean, attempts left it basically completely unrecognizable. Yeah. And I mean, it is, it is a humiliation on par with the with that other lady. one that we saw. Yeah. yeah. Uh, and she felt terrible. She felt terrible. She can't go anywhere. Like everyone hates her in Spain. It's amazing. They throw paintbrushes at her. <laughs> Oh my goodness! I'm trying to find this. I'm, t- I'm trying to find this one. So where's this? What's the name of the bulls every year? She hates it. Where was this? So what's the wait? What's the artist's name? So look up Immaculate Conception and Bartolome Esteban Murillo. Okay. M U R I L L O. I got you. Uh, let me see. see. Very beautiful, very beautiful painting. Oh no! Unrecognizable yeah. after the after this guy got a hold of it. It's just been completely... Where, I haven't seen the picture of it, though. They said it's unrecognizable. So Keep clicking. I, Keep you know, clicking. Okay. Oh, no. Oh, shoot. Darn it. It looks like... The original is amazing. To see the faces side by side of what it was supposed to be, I mean, definitely... <laughs> <laughs> and, oh, it's Alex, terrible. I'm telling you this. It's like a I'm fourth grader did it. My fourth grader yeah. would have done this. Yeah, they could have hired one of our kids. Yeah, yeah. No, they I've seen your kids. kids. I've seen your kids' artwork, and it would be just as offensive as this. For sure. <laughs> <laughs> I've seen the... They could have hired one of my sons to deface it. Yes. Like, your son's depiction of Homer Simpson probably would have been just about right on par with this. But you know what? You know what the thing is about my son, the way he does that is he does it on purpose. I know. Like, it's a style. It's a style. And this is definitely a style. Like, uh, I want to make sure that the eyes aren't level on the face. I want the nose to look flat like somebody hit me with a frying pan. And I want the face to be I want the face to be ten times bigger than the hands. <laughs> is the, that the is there um, a way to do that? The yes. style is the style is I'm in the deep end, and I'm in real trouble. <laughs> He's just like still That's going, the and then you can't call anybody. You can't call somebody and go, "Hey, man, I started working on something, and I can't do it myself." So, all right, Miller. I think at that point you'd light it on fire and then just say, "I don't know what happened." I thought you said this was a Zen headline. I was supposed to feel better about it. Funny though. Oh, okay. It's funny. That's it. It's funny. All right, uh, Ethan will be back tomorrow on a regular microphone. It'll sound normal, and. We promise. He'll sound normal. Uh, But I appreciate him doing the show even from St. George. So for Ethan Miller, I'm Alex Keery. Thanks for being with us. We'll be back again. Another edition of the Nightside Project. We'll be back tomorrow. Stay with us. Two years ago, Americans watched in horror as a crisis unfolded at the Kabul airport. She was tear gassed and beaten. Images of thousands desperate to escape Taliban oppression filled our news feeds. More than 80,000 Afghans made it to America. But the story didn't end there. It was very cold. There was no power, no heat. Who would help our newest neighbors? I'm Andrea Smartin. In Stranger Becomes Neighbor, you'll hear the stories of some remarkable refugees who left their homes and their dreams behind only to start over from zero. Their only possession was three blankets. And you'll meet Americans who stepped up to help them. You want me to come when you deliver your baby. What can one person do in the face of an international disaster decades in the making? 
That's Stranger Becomes Neighbor. Find us at kslpodcast.com, follow us on Apple Podcasts, or anywhere else you listen.